We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Chris Biederman. Kyle Madsen is away doing pre-wedding things because he's getting married this weekend. So uh, I am joined today by Tracy Sandler. We're going to talk about uh, all things quarterback carousel, Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers restructuring deals, moving money around, getting under the salary cap for the start of the new league year possibilities with Jimmy Garoppolo and all of those fun things. So let's get to it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. I have to say, when you said quarterback carousel for reasons I don't understand, I imagined all the quarterbacks on an actual carousel just bopping through, and it was—it's an excellent <laughs> image. And so you are all welcome. That feels like it, it's going to be like an ESPN Monday Night Football graphic. They're mm-hmm. like actually going to have the the quarterbacks on the carousel at and, some point. May I just say, you are welcome, ESPN. I'm giving you that one for free. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're uh, everybody at ESPN is uh, huge candlestick chronicles listeners. Um, who, who isn't really. So there has been, I guess the news on Wednesday as the new league year uh, began at 1 PM was that the 49ers are still holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo. And we're recording this just after 3 PM on Wednesday. Um, and what the 49ers ended up doing to become salary cap compliant was restructure contracts of George Kittle and Eric Armstead, um, basically creating $18 million in space. The 49ers, I believe, were about $5 million over the cap before doing that. Um, and they have not announced the additions uh, in free agency of Charvarius Ward or Oren Burks, but those are going to come at some point. Um, but now we're sort of in this holding pattern and we can talk about the ramifications of, uh, of the, the cap, um, sorry, the restructures, uh, a little bit later, but Tracy, what's, what's been your takeaway from just sort of how things have gone from the 49ers perspective with all this Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. And, and where do you think this is headed? 
It's really interesting because you have to assume that the 49ers were really not entirely prepared for this. And I don't mean that as a knock on the 49ers. I just think they weren't prepared for the fact that they might have this much trouble trading him. I think the surgery became a more of an issue than maybe we thought when it was first announced. There is a Deshaun Watson piece, which was very up in the air. And every time I talk about that, I just feel icky. There is an elephant in the room that everyone seems to want to sweep away. 22 elephants in the room. I'm not going to sweep it away. But nonetheless, we are talking football here. So from that perspective, there is a Deshaun Watson piece that changed everything and that the NFL really didn't know what was going to happen. As of last week, criminal charges will not be brought. There are 22 civil suits. The NFL could still suspend him, but it changed things in the quarterback carousel. For me, when I saw that Mitch Trubisky was signed by the Steelers, I thought this is weird. I really, I mean, I do, I think it's weird. And I, I understand that Jimmy has his limitations, but he did take the team to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. He did take them to an NFC championship game amid a lot of injuries. And I know there's plenty of discussion as to whether or not he took them or they got there in spite of him. That being said, he was the quarterback. So we will go with, he took them. So it's just, it's kind of interesting to me. I do think when the Deshaun Watson news happens one way or the other, other puzzle pieces fall into place, but there was like this little part of the other day, and I don't believe this to be the case, but there was this little part of the other day that was like, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be on the team next year? And I don't mean next year as in today, but like, he's not. But I think this is proven perhaps more difficult and complicated than they were prepared for. Yeah, we, we said it, Kyle and I talked about it on a podcast earlier this week, that a lot of things happened that are way outside of the 49ers control that they probably mm-hmm. couldn't see coming. Absolutely. Right? Like Tom Brady coming back uh, and staying with the Bucks. Carson Wentz going to Washington. Um, and Washington seemed like a Jimmy Garoppolo suitor. Um, the Steelers, like as you mentioned, being more interested in Mitch Trubisky, who was a backup last year, rather than Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and that's probably directly linked to Garoppolo having shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. So, and now, you know, there's the potential of Baker Mayfield, or at least the likelihood of Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. leaving Cleveland. And then that leaves teams like the Colts and others potentially saying, Wait, we could have Baker Mayfield if he's cut um, or traded. We could have Baker Mayfield instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I, I'm sure there are a lot of NFL people who would rather have Baker Mayfield than Jimmy Garoppolo. So, there's, I understand why the 49ers have not moved on from Jimmy. Uh, or at least not been able to find a trade partner from Jimmy. I think what we can quibble with, and this is, you know, this, this is quibbling, right? Like I like, I like the word quibble and quibbling. So good job. So yeah, because they haven't found a trade partner and because they're so bent on getting a trade done, they restructured Mm -hmm. Eric Armstead and George Kittle. And essentially what they did is they took base salary away from this season, put it in signing bonus uh, form and then spread it out over the remainder of their contracts. And so that's not a huge deal, but it's something you do need to think about because now you're looking at cap hits for George Kittle in 2023 at 21.8 million, which is a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. 2024, 20.1 million, 2025, 17.5 million. And when you restructure guys, basically you're putting money into the future deal in, into future years. And it, it gets harder to get rid of those contracts. And as we see so often in the NFL, and the 49ers have learned from the D Ford situation and the Weston Richburg situation, 
if guys get hurt and they're on big money deals, that can be really problematic. And in Eric Armstead's case, the way they restructured him, his cap hit in 2023 is 24.3 million. Oof. And then the next year it's 25.9 million in 2024. So Eric Armstead's a very good player. Don't get me wrong, but that is a ton of money for Eric Armstead. And if you were just to look at it from a pure production standpoint, you could say, you know, 14, 15 million dollars might be where Eric Armstead should slot in, but he's Mm -hmm. going to be getting nine and ten million dollars more than that against the cap because of these restructures, all because the 49ers are so bent on getting something for Jimmy Garoppolo, not just cutting him and realizing the cap savings that way. So it's a risk like, and it might not matter all that much because the 49ers, if based on a projections of a $230 million cap for next season have $82 million in space, even after these restructures. So immediate, immediately the cap space isn't going to be that big of a hindrance, but Eric Armstead and George Kittle deal with injuries and they're at the back end of those deals and the 49ers can't get out of them because there's so much dead money or they just have so much money wrapped up in those guys because of this need to get a fifth round draft pick for Jimmy Garoppolo or or whatever it ends up being. I kind of question that, right? Like what, what do you feel about just their insistence on getting something from Jimmy Garoppolo rather than just cutting him because we see it all the time and it happens every day now like a really good player just gets cut when you would think logically like, oh, that guy could probably fetch something in a trade. But teams are just like, no, we just need to get this guy off the books. Well, and that's it's interesting because I wonder how much of it is. How do I want to say this correctly? I wonder how much of it is, you know, they want to do right by Jimmy and maybe feel that they got to make up for some things a little bit. And by just cutting him. Maybe they feel that's not doing right by Jimmy. I mean, I would argue that if they cut him, he then can kind of go, he can go wherever he wants and it's maybe right. best for he everybody. Would have, he would have entire, like all of the control and by cutting him, they would essentially be writing him a seven and a half million dollar check. So there's, so there's that. I also wonder if there's a little bit of hubris is the right word, but I do love to say it as often as I can, but in there's this hubris and like, no, we were right. And I think they were right. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that they were wrong and having him start all year. I think they were right, but I don't know if it's, it's proving something. I, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't think at the end of the day that that's how football teams make decisions, but it is humans who make decisions. So it does feel like you said they're hell bent on something that really probably isn't necessary. Cause you're right. They write him a seven and a half million dollar check. He goes and signs with the Colts or whoever, maybe the Browns, whoever he ends up signing with. And he goes where he wants, picks his team, doesn't have to wave anything. I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting, it is interesting, but they may feel like, no, we have to get something for this guy and we can. It's just at a certain point, it's um, diminishing returns. And when do you just make a decision that says, all right, this is the best decision for us, for him. And let's move forward. Yeah. I mean, uh, say if a fourth or fifth round pick is a guy who's going to make like three to five million dollars over the life of his four year rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we're looking at it monetarily, it's like the value, the value of needing to create 18 million dollars in cap space by restructuring George Kittle and Eric Armstead just so you can keep Jimmy Garoppolo, just so you can potentially make a trade and get whatever you're going to get. Like, I, Unless I get, I mean, if the 49ers end up coming out of this with like two thirds, 
which is what Washington sent Indianapolis for Carson Wentz, then I'll be like, okay, you got two draft picks out of it. Like that's all things considered. That's, that's solid. If it ends up being a fifth, you're like, do you like, is that really necessary? Like is a fifth, do you all of a sudden feel better about everything that's gone on the last few weeks just for a fifth round pick? Like that's, that's where I think you can quibble with it because, you know, I mean, I I don't want to make too much of the restructures and how, bothersome those those contracts could end up being and maybe they're fine maybe George Kittle's healthy over the next three seasons I mean he's dealt with a lot of health issues we know that Mm -hmm. Eric Armstead dealt with a lot of health issues early in his career he's been really durable over the last three or four seasons but I mean I don't know I I'm of the mind given that how D Ford's situation is gone that like Mm -hmm. you really should not be restructuring deals and backloading these contracts. And I know the salary cap's exploding, but it could come back to bite you in a significant way. And I don't know if that was necessarily worth it in this case, because the most important thing in my mind this spring, when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo is just getting his money off the books. Well, it's funny you bring up D Ford too, because they had to restructure him again. Again, I feel like they've restructured his contract 117 times. Like they haven't, but it's been, (laughs) I feel like every few months the four hours have restructured D Ford's contract. So it's interesting you bring it up. I mean, there's this like, there's this, I don't believe this. And so I probably shouldn't say it because I hate to set the Twitters a buzz, but there's like this 1.8% part of me that is like, maybe they think Trey isn't ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't really think that's the case, but it's just, it's, I think it's all, obviously it's all the things we've talked about. It's just that like little tiny little part. I don't, like I said, I don't really think they think that. And even if they did think that this isn't keeping Jimmy on the team is not the good thing for anybody. Um, but it's just, uh, it is interesting. So then my question to you is, I know that uh, they got three, two thirds for Carson Wentz which is amazing to me. To me, I think Jimmy is equally as good a quarterback. And then I think he brings more to a locker room, but that's just me. I've, you know, whatever, I've never covered Carson Wentz, but do you think the 49ers can get two thirds for Jimmy? I mean, at this point, that fifth round pick you speak of seems a lot more likely. That's what I, that's where I think this is headed is towards Mm -hmm. a fifth round pick. So if like, Mm -hmm. and I've even wondered like, do the 49ers need to attach a pick to Jimmy Garoppolo in a trade? Do they need to be like, Hey, here's Jimmy in a fifth and somebody sends back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back a third? You know what I mean? I kind of think they do. 
Right. So because of the shoulder surgery, right. it changed everything. It did. It changed everything. And that's why I kind of think like, you know, I, I know doing right by Jimmy makes sense given all the, all the things that have happened over the last four or five years. But at the same time, Jimmy did not do right by the 49ers by waiting to have the surgery when it came to, you know, figuring out a trade situation. And, and I, I would like to know, and we never will because no one's ever going to talk about this, but like, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and Jimmy Garoppolo all did the kumbaya thing at the end of the year press conference and said, you know, we're going to work together, or at least Jimmy said, we're going to work together on a trade. We're going to find the next destination. It doesn't seem like that went all that well, right? Well, well Lynch and Shanahan, actually, I had, um, I'm going to shamelessly plug my podcast. I had um, Matt Barrows on my podcast the other day, and we were talking about how I've heard in those him. Zoom if you've heard of him from the athletic talented writer, great guy too. We were talking about how in those final zooms, you have John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan come out and basically say, it felt like, you know, lip service and just what you said, but come out and say, Jimmy's made it very hard on us. Now it's not so easy. He played so well this year. He played through injuries and said, we have a lot to think about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Jimmy comes out and is basically like, this has been great. Thanks a lot. We're going to work on a trade. It's been really great working with you guys. There were two different tones in those press conferences, and I understand why there were, but I just wonder if that kind of became indicative. But I'm not saying that Shanahan and Lynch were like trying to keep him, and then Jimmy had that press conference. They were upset. I just mean it was it's interesting because now it just feels like the whole thing is discombobulated and all up in the air. And I think with the shoulder surgery, you know, I wonder too. There were two injuries there, and the feeling was um, that it was if he was going to have surgery or anything, it was going to be his thumb. And then it comes out, no, the thumb is fine. It's going to be a shoulder. And I wonder how much that plays into it because then you do have this, he can't say healthy narrative, which I don't really think is fair in football because it's football and people get hurt, but it's interesting. Like, oh, the thing we thought was really bad is okay. But then this thing is really bad. What else there? I don't know. There's just a lot that goes into this. And I'm glad I'm not in charge of making these decisions. And I just get to talk about it and give my opinion. <laughs> it was interesting <laughs> because you remember, I think it was before the NFC championship game, Jimmy Garoppolo, when the final injury report came out, he wasn't listed with the shoulder injury. It no, was, was still not. the thumb. And I asked Kyle Shane, I was like, so the shoulder is no longer an issue. And he's like, I, that's what the trainers have said. It's like, all right, <laughs> sure thing. And um, Jimmy said, Jimmy was asked, you know, what's bothering you more? The shoulder said, or the thumb. Said, yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what he, so uh it's it's all very interesting. You know, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. They um they did restructure the contract. So now the trade, it's not doesn't have to be done. We may not see a trade till the draft. We may not see a trade until he can throw again. I mean, I don't think it'll go that long, but now everything is a little bit different. So this pod 49ers Twitter will lose its mind. This pod will probably come out Thursday. And I actually think there's a decent chance that something happens before the end of the week, because I think, yeah, I, it sounds like it, according to Jay Glazer, um, it sounds like a Deshaun Watson decision, easy for me to say, (laughs) um, is going to be made at some point, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. And then I would think, There's going to be a Baker Mayfield resolution in Cleveland soon after that, Mm -hmm. um, Indy soon after that. And then you figure out what's going to happen with with Jimmy. I I think, you know, Cleveland to me makes sense. Indy still makes sense. Um, You know, I wrap my brain around the Pittsburgh situation. Like 
I don't think getting Mitch Trubisky necessarily takes them out of the quarterback market, right? Like, so. I mean, it would it wouldn't take me out of the quarterback market. I mean, it, if right. I were in charge, I wouldn't be like, "That's it, we got our guy." So I don't necessarily think it does. Right, and maybe they're like a Malik Willis or Ritter team in the draft, mm-hmm. right? And and they just view Trubisky as a bridge guy. But um, so we'll see. Um, one one thing uh that I did want to talk about also, and circling back to Deshaun Watson, um, Jim Trotter a guy we both know, you know better than me, mm-hmm. um, had a little tweet thread on Wednesday, which was interesting, talking about are the 49ers in on Deshaun Watson? And he said, not at this point. It's not something they're pursuing, but there's a scenario in which that changes. And he basically spells out that um, the 49ers would be interested if Deshaun Watson made it clear that he was interested. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the semantics of it would be a little bit complicated because the 49ers don't have the draft picks that they would have because obviously they dealt all those to get Trey Lance. So you would think Trey Lance would be in that trade. Um, could or should the 49ers that be, would be in, something in, the, in the Deshaun Watson market, in your opinion, Trace? I know you made your opinion felt should, about Should the they? Off- is the, the question is, should they? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? No. Yeah. Pretty simple. Absolutely not. Yeah. I just think absolutely not. And I think for what they say they stand for and what they value. And I understand that Deshaun Watson is one hell of a quarterback and I'm not taking it away from that weight from him. He is. And there was a time pre all this. I really wanted the 49ers to get Deshaun Watson because I do think he is an extremely talented quarterback. That being said, you cannot say all the things you say and stand for all the things you say you stand for and do the community work and, and give money, all of these things, and then bring them to San Francisco. And I understand no criminal charges have been filed. So I don't want to make an assumption, but 22 women is a lot of women. And I just think you are inviting an issue you don't need. I think football fans within a very short amount of time, if he does well, would forget all about it or and wouldn't, and wouldn't care. But I think no. And then I also think you went all in on this Trey Lance thing, like all in. If this is what you were waiting for, then you should have just had your normal season this year and you could have traded all those picks. If we're just looking from a football perspective, you could have waited till this happened and traded all those picks. And I understand that it would be a situation where Deshaun was like, I'm going to San Francisco or I'm not playing. And then Houston's hands are tied. But um, I stand by, by, by my original response to you, which is no, absolutely not. Yeah. I, no, I, I agree. feel strongly about it. I agree with <laughs> you for, for everything you just said. And it was well said, um, from a football standpoint and, and I guess a practicality standpoint, like if the 49ers were to turn around and trade Trey Lance, they're not getting three first round picks for him. No. So, and I know, you know, Deshaun Watson could control the situation and potentially lower the cost if he says, I'm only waiving my no trade clause for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like to invest three picks in Trey Lance and then turn around and trade Trey Lance. And then, you know, it's not going to be just Trey Lance. It wouldn't be a one for one trade. You're probably going to have to no. include your 2024 first, which I don't even know if the 49ers are actually capable of trading right now because you can only trade certain you know the picks mm-hmm. a certain amount of time out right so like i'm not even sure if legally they could do that they certainly can't trade a 2025 first round pick so like if you get deshaun watson 
you're no, you no longer have a guy on a rookie contract. You were give, you've already invested three first round picks in Trey Lance, potentially more draft capital and to make the trade happen. And at that point you lose the luxury of having a guy on a rookie contract. So it's like, you you already have a top heavy roster. I know the 49ers have $82 million in space in 2023 and they can make it work financially, but they do have to pay Nick Bosa. They do have to pay Debo Samuel. So just going to say that they do have two very big contracts. They got to get figured out. Yeah. So it's, you know, they, there's a world in which it happens. Um, and I guess it's worth at least discussing because it, it, you know, we can't rule it out entirely, but I'm with you in that this is a team that dealt with a lot of off-field issues, a lot of particularly ugly ones um, earlier, or I guess last decade. And I don't think they should revisit that. And I don't think they should put themselves in a position to look like hypocrites, frankly. And Absolutely. And they dealt with off-field issues against women. Like it just, right. I, it would, I would be angry. And I understand yeah. that I'm a reporter and these kind of things should make, but it would, I would be angry. Not that that's going to sway them one way or the other, but right. I would be, I would be angry. No, right, rightfully so. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think, and the other thing too, like with Trey Lance and we talk about his skill set and all that stuff, like everything I've heard and, you know, observing Trey Lance and, and the few times we've spoken to Trey Lance seems like an A plus human. Yeah. Right. Like character was one of the big reasons he was a gold helmet guy and being a gold helmet guy means that you have all of the intangibles and football character and all of those things that you want inside your locker room. Um, And I think there's you're more than likely not going to deal with anything. I mean, fingers crossed, knock on wood, you're not going to deal with anything like this with Trey Lance that that you're potentially dealing with Deshaun Watson. And if you just look at it from a skill set perspective, like you can make a case that maybe in a couple of years, we're looking at Trey Lance and Deshaun Watson as almost, I don't want to say equals at quarterback, but there's a chance given the skill set and this and the situation that you're like, all right, there isn't that much difference between Trey Lance and Deshaun Watson at this point, you know, like we don't need to invest more and even go down that road and, and deal with everything that comes along with it. So there's that. Um, can we do the smooth transition to Charvarius Ward? We certainly your, can. Your thoughts. Uh, first of all, I keep, it's going to take me a little while because I keep wanting to call him Charvarius more because they have Charvarius more that right. he's Charvarius Ward. Uh, but I think, I think it was a good pickup for San Francisco. I think obviously, uh, they needed to invest in a veteran corner for a variety of the cap issues that we've discussed. A corner like a JC Jackson was not going to be a, a possibility for them, but I think it brings some much needed depth to the position. It's also interesting if you look farther down the road because, or you look at Ambry Thomas, go blue. Sorry, I had to, but you look at Ambry Thomas and the way he came on late in the season and the improvements that that we saw it. I mean, Kyle Shanahan himself said that his biggest surprise of the season was in fact, Ambry Thomas and how far he came. So in theory that continues, I believe Jimmy Ward at one point said he thought Ambry Thomas would be a star. So let's pretend Ambry Thomas continues uh, to improve and get better and better and really establishes himself down the road as a starting corner. Emmanuel Mosley is a free agent after next season. So now you bring in Charvarius Ward And I think you're going to see all three of them play. I think you're probably going to see Ward and Mosley as you're starting outside cornerbacks uh, and then move things around at nickel, depending on on who they're playing and the scheme. So, but I think you also perhaps give yourself a starting corner for the future if that works out and they don't end up wanting to resign Mosley. 
Um, a little bit of breaking news as of four minutes ago from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. We love breaking news. Uh, the 49ers are signing Hassan Ridgeway, defensive tackle, to a one-year $2.5 million deal. Um, I will admit, off the top of my head, I know Hassan Ridgeway plays in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If you said his name to me and I was not reading a tweet, I would not know what position he played off the top of my head. Okay. Um, okay. But well, now you do, though. So that's now I do. Uh, one year, two and a half million is a hell of a lot less than the deal DJ Jones got from the Denver Broncos, 30 million over three years. So I would assume that that's, it's not a one, uh, DJ Jones is probably a better player than Hassan Ridgeway, but do you have any initial thoughts on this massive breaking news story, Tracy? Hassan Ridgeway? Um, I similar to you i just want you to know i was just so proud of my cornerback analysis and now I it was good i'm not trying I, i'm not trying to no no and i the rug here and i don't want you to see the rug i've just i was so proud of it and then as happens in the nfl because this life comes at you fast i am now going to be asked about a player that like you i did know played in the nfl <laughs> new played on defense i didn't know he was a defensive tackle but great um, and you know, I don't know, he's going to be working with Chris Kassarek and maybe he will be the DJ Jones of the future. And maybe he's just there for a little bit of depth or maybe they just really liked him a lot, but here's what I can say. Welcome to the Bay area, Hassan. And I can't wait to get to know you better. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see. I, I think one thing that that's going to be very interesting about the defensive line next year is what happens with Javon Kinlaw. Right, because that's the key to the whole thing. Because I think it's pretty clear Eric Armstead, especially now that he's making so much money, um, is going to be your three technique. And he really played well in the second half of the season and in the playoffs there, um, with Samson Ebukam and Nick Bosa obviously playing defensive end. With DJ Jones gone, I think that means Javon Kinlaw is gonna play primarily nose tackle. Obviously, a guy you draft in the first round. Probably not ideal that he's your nose tackle, but I think right now in this moment, he's best off as a nose tackle, as a run stuffer, as a guy who takes on two blocks and um, and does that whole thing. And maybe you get some pass rushing juice from Javon Kinlaw, but I think I, I just don't know what expectations you can really go into the season having in terms of Javon Kinlaw. Like, I don't know if Javon Kinlaw is ever going to be a double-digit sack guy. Right. So I think, you know, I'm not, and I'm, I hate calling guys bus. Like I, I kind of wish everybody would just eliminate that term from their vernacular overall, but like, I don't know, you know, if Javon Kinlaw comes in and plays nose tackle at a really high level and does end up providing some pass rushing juice and can stay healthy um, and his knee is no longer an issue, then it's a win. And you're not really looking at DJ Jones as a huge loss. But if Kinlaw comes in and struggles and or, you know, isn't healthy, then it's like, man, having DJ Jones would have been nice. But I, I my my thing with DJ is like if I'm the 49ers and I have other guys to pay and I'm kind of strapped from a salary cap perspective this year, I have a hard time giving a nose tackle like DJ Jones $10 million when I did just invest a first round pick in Javon Kinlaw. Well, absolutely. And I think what I thought was going to happen is, is I thought the the one – of these free agents when I thought looked at like Jaquaski Tard and Cable Williams and Lakin Tomlinson and DJ Jones, I thought the person they were going to pay was Lakin Tomlinson. And I know there's been a lot of conversation about our guy Charvarius that we were just talking about and, you know, paying him would essentially Lakin's getting paid. And 
that's a position I'm just very curious about because assuming Trey Lance is the starting quarterback, you essentially have a rookie quarterback. I know he's had a year under his belt, but he, he will essentially be a rookie quarterback. Uh, and I think you would want to short up offensive line. You have Alex Mack that maybe looks like he'll come back, but is older and certainly had a good season, but there were moments and it'll just be kind of interesting to see. And I know we were just talking to defensive line, but when you talked about DJ Jones, it's just, it made me think of that. And obviously they couldn't get it done with Lake and Tomlinson. You can't, you can't pay everybody, but I, I think that is a place that becomes a very big question mark for San Francisco, especially when you have a guy starting his first year. Hassan Ridgeway, 6'3", 305, fourth round pick of the Colts in 2016. He's 27. He's from Richmond, uh, California, so it's a homecoming oh, for him. Welcome back to Cali. Um, He's going, going back, back to Cali. I like he, it. He sure is crazy. <laughs> um, three, <laughs> three, years, three years with the Colts, uh, then three years with the Eagles, nine and a half career sacks. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, a guy who will be in, in the rotation. He played... 373 snaps last year um, in 17 games. So he was available for every game last year. Um, okay. 30, 33% of the snaps. Uh, gosh, hasn't played a whole lot of football. Five games in 2018, seven games in 2019, seven games in 2020. Would have to dive into. Yeah, would, would have to find out 13 games. Yeah, so. Interesting. So he played 17 in 2021, 33% of the snaps through the Eagles. Um, we'll have to dive in and see if there's injury history there or not, but I don't know. I don't know if there's much analysis needed here. I think the 49ers needed another depth guy, like a Zach Kerr type who ultimately mm-hmm. didn't end up lasting the season. And then, you know, who knows what happens with Contavious street, who the 49ers did not tender, who is now an unrestricted free agent could come back, but TBD. Um, well, or as I like to say, time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. The youths like to say that too. We, um, we brought that up on the podcast the other day with Barrows too. And we decided it is a catch-all because you can, no one could argue and time will tell. No, time will definitely tell. We have no idea <laughs> what time will tell, but it will tell but it something. It will tell. Yeah, it will <laughs> tell. Um, do we have anything else? Do we have, do you, do you have any scorching hot Baker Mayfield takes? We, we can. Um, I think I don't have I think my only scorching hot, and I don't think it's scorching hot. I think I find it interesting. This is probably a probably to get in trouble for this. I think it's interesting. You know, there was the report today from ESPN that the Browns would like an adult at quarterback, which certainly wasn't a compliment to the 26 year old Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but I that's, think that's rough. Baker Mayfield, and I don't think if the Browns, in fact, did not tell him that they were meeting with Deshaun Watson, like I guess the Falcons have been very upfront with Matt Ryan. If the Browns did not have the respect and the courtesy for him to at least tell them, I agree, that's a bad move. And I don't agree with how that was handled. I also don't agree, but it feels somewhat less adult to hear (laughs) some news and go straight to social media and basically be like, peace out, Cleveland. So that's just my, I understand you get emotional. That is one of the downsides of social media is you can get emotional and then throw something out there. And then you're like, well, ooh, maybe I didn't mean to do that. But interesting in conjunction with the adult quarterback comment, that's really it. It's not a huge take. I just think maybe guys, this is my just social media advice. Take a beat, take a breath, sleep on it, <laughs> then decide what you want to do. Yeah. But you're, you'll very often find that not tweeting or not posting 
there's no downside to that. So correct. Um, that's, that's one of, one of my big sticking points just in life in general. Like if you mm-hmm. know, you, you don't always have to tweet everything that you hear or see or feel, um, nope, we're doling out advice here and you guys are welcome. Somebody in the, in the media and they'll remain unnamed, but mentioned a possibility to me recently, uh, within the last day or so about Baker Mayfield being a potential option for the Seattle Seahawks. Mm, okay. Do you have thoughts on Baker Mayfield going to the Seahawks? Cause I think that's kind of interesting. I mean, he's on his fifth year option. If he's traded, um, if he's a free agent, obviously he would sign for whatever the, whatever his next team's willing to give him. Like, I don't hate the idea of Baker Mayfield as like a bridge quarterback. I kind of think he might be the ideal bridge quarterback for anybody, let alone the Seahawks. If I don't disagree. I bet Fortnite fans would love to see Baker Mayfield as the quarterback of the Seahawks. Nick um, Bosa I certainly th- would. Nick Bosa would love it. And we would get that flag thing a lot. And it would be fun. Um, I, I agree with you. I think he's not a bad bridge quarterback. And I think that could be the future of Baker Mayfield's career. I mean, he could be your bridge quarterback. Like he could be for the net, which is not a bad way to be. You get a good contract, you get to play, but he could be a bridge quarterback for a variety of teams the rest of his career. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't entirely shown that he is the guy to, to take you far. And he makes a lot of mistakes and, you know, we all do. I've made many mistakes in my life, but he makes a <laughs> lot of mistakes. He makes a lot of mistakes yeah. on the field. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know. Yeah, let's give him a break. We all make mistakes. So. <laughs> we all make mistakes. But um, to the Seahawks is interesting. That, that is an interesting fit. I, I would be interested to see also how he would do under a Pete Carroll. You know, what that might be really good for him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a thought for sure. There's Matt Ryan who would seem like, I mean, Matt Ryan's going to be an option for somebody if, if Deshaun Watson goes to Atlanta and there's been a lot of right. steam towards that idea. He's from Georgia. He grew up a Falcons ball boy. The blanks like him. Um, Jarvis Landry's meeting with the Falcons. They have the number eight pick. Maybe they can get a receiver to pair with Kyle Pitts and Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry. And then all of a sudden it doesn't look like such a terrible situation for Deshaun Watson. Um, there's Carolina for Deshaun, obviously there's Cleveland for Deshaun, but if, if Deshaun does go to Atlanta, then Matt Ryan becomes available. And to me, I mean, Matt Ryan makes a ton of sense in Indy. He can make sense in mm-hmm. Cleveland. Um, I mean, I know Matt Ryan can I, can gets a I lot bug of flack, you for but... a Matt Ryan take right now. Well, I was just going to say, I know that there are different opinions on Matt Ryan, but I think Matt Ryan is one of those quarterbacks that kind of makes a lot of sense anywhere. He's a really good quarterback and he's had really good years. He's had bad years. He's had bad games, but I think you could kind of, I think he could get plugged in in a lot of places. So that would be my Matt Ryan take. We're not going to see him go to Carolina or New Orleans. I don't think he's going anywhere else in the AFC South. But I agree with you. I think he does make a ton of sense in Cleveland. He makes tons of sense in Indy. He could be interesting in Seattle. I mean, Matt, yeah. Matt Ryan's got a lot of experience. He's had a lot of success. The last couple of years have not been great, but the Falcons have also been pretty bad. So there's that part of it too. So that's my Matt Ryan take for you. And you know what, Matt Ryan, you're welcome. No one else has anything that nice about you recently. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my Matt Ryan take would be I would prefer him to play at a team 
with a team that plays indoors. I think well, that's probably true. I think at this point in his career, like, you know, 30 degrees out with 20 mile an hour winds in Cleveland. I don't know that he's like got the arm strength still to, to, you know, so Indy. So you'd like to see him. in I think Indy would make a lot of sense. Seattle too. Seattle doesn't, it rains, but it's not like, it's not crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, it's mild. It's mild. Um, yeah. So maybe Indy, but then, then what does that do to Jimmy Garoppolo? Basically the, the moving part chess piece of all of this. And I, I hate it, but it is Deshaun Watson. Like that's going to be, it'll be, where does he go? And then everything else happens after that. And I bet everything else happens relatively quickly. Yeah, I agree. I think once the the Watson domino falls, I think everything else is going to get lined up kind of in succession. And I think it might happen. It might happen quickly. Like I I think that that groundwork is being laid right now. Like I think, Mm -hmm. you know, if I think there are teams and 49ers are talking to them, like if Deshaun Watson goes to Atlanta and then, you know, I mean, Baker's out in Cleveland, right? So if, if Cleveland if doesn't not? get what, but what if he's not, I mean, the reality is he's there like at this, I mean, that's why I think it was also a somewhat uh, emotional move to just go to social media because what if they don't get Deshaun Watson and then they're like, you're, you're staying like Baker's, I wouldn't say Baker's a hundred percent out in Cleveland. Most likely, but I, I, if it's not a hundred percent, I think it's like 98. I guess that's true. And then I forgot about what I said earlier about them saying they want an adult at quarterback. Which yeah. Is, that I think they're loves. at the that's awkward think, family dinner. I, th- I think they're at the point of no return there. Welcome um, back to OTAs. You're matured at all Baker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if, if Deshaun does not go to Cleveland, then it would make a lot of sense for Jimmy to go to Cleveland. The Colts will always sort of remain, I think, in the forefront of the Garoppolo discussion until something happens. Although that, mm-hmm. I know people have said that the Colts have cooled on the Garoppolo idea. Um, but we'll see. As as you say and as the youth say, time will tell. Um, I, think, I think we'll leave it at that. Do we have anything else we want to talk about on this podcast before we go? Because I'm... I'm drawing blanks at the moment. It's been, this is a third part of this week. And I feel like (laughs) we've talked a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo, given that nothing has happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) I feel like every podcast, this is my second of the week and I'll be doing my third tomorrow. And I feel that every podcast I've done for the last year has basically (laughs) focused on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, And the last several weeks, of course, even more, but basically every when I, when I do my own podcast, I like, obviously I write my copy for our website and stuff and for all the, you know, Spotify, Apple, all the things. And I write the title and I feel like every single time I'm like talking Jimmy Garoppolo with whoever <laughs> talking yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo with it. But you know what? It's, um, it's a lot. To, there's a lot to talk about, like you said, without a lot happening. But I think other than that, I think we've covered it all until something else happens. Well, we haven't covered everything because we haven't discussed his subway commercial. We have not discussed the subway commercial. Which have you I seen his sub- re- Have I you seen his subway really- commercial? I like it. That part where he's like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "That was some good acting. I liked that." Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's a Jimmy's a really good actor. It's it's interesting with Subway because it's like Charles Barkley, Tom Brady, Steph Curry. Like they kind of go to like the Mount Rushmore of like the most famous people in each sport, and then it's like Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Chris Biederman, I will tell you that I have a TikTok <laughs> and you guys can all follow me there at Tracy Sandler of Jimmy Garoppolo coming out of a tunnel. That's all he's doing. He's uh-huh. coming out of the tunnel. It has 7.1 million views. No, so I, I think you, listen, in theory, could put him on the front rush for a famous. But that, that, but that's kind of that. That speaks to like, I mean, he's he's a very confounding guy, right? Because and none, none of this is his fault because he's he's kind of I don't know if mundane is a mean way to describe somebody, but he's low key. He's low key. He's not mundane. I'd say he's okay, low key. Low key. I mean, he's not a big personality. He's definitely not out there. But right. for somebody who is like very non-controversial as a person or polarizing, like as a human, mm-hmm. like Jimmy Garoppolo gets a ton of attention and is incredibly famous. And I guess being very handsome has something to do with it. Um, there are a few comments on that TikTok, quite a few that are, and they make me laugh. These ones that say, what sport is this? And who is that? <laughs> so the what sport is this are my favorite ones like what sport is this and where can I find more of him so um I think that that probably I think that his jawline has a lot to do with it and he's a you know what I think he is not controversial he seems like a nice guy it's just it's just funny to me (laughs) that he's you know like a like subway as all the the people at the Mount Rushmore of their sports and super famous and then Jimmy just ends up there I don't think yeah. it's a regional commercial either. I think it's like a national. Thing. No, it's a national commercial. Yeah. So um, anyway, we will uh, we will get out of here on on that bomb. Um, I'm, I'm just going to check tweet deck one more time to see if there's any other breaking 49ers news before I get out of here. There's nothing except no, nothing 49ers related. Von Miller to the Bills. Um, How about that? Oh, Von Miller to the Bills. Yeah, interesting. Six, six years, one hundred and twenty million. Wow. Do you know what I'm going to give Von Miller a lot of credit for? He was on those Broncos teams for years. He could win a Super Bowl, and then that team is disappointed, disappointed, and he's like, you know what? I'm at the end of my career, and I'm going to Super Bowl hop from team to team. So I'm going to the Rams, and then I'm going to go to the Bills because they got a chance to Super Bowl. And this guy, he got he may end up his career with like four or five Super Bowl rings, and I love that for him. I love it. Six years, one hundred twenty million per rap sheet. Well, wow. I think the 49ers will not be upset that uh, Chandler Jones and Von Miller are no longer in the NFC West. No, probably not. Um, think, or Russell Wilson, for that matter. But so, and Bobby they, Wagner. I mean, honestly, it's been a really good week for the 49ers, even with them yes, having a Yes, even though they do have to play a lot of these guys who are in the AFC West, with Chandler Jones going to the Raiders. Russell Wilson going to the Broncos, who are all going to be on the 49ers schedule. But the only thing they have going for them is all of the NFC West teams have to play those AFC West teams. So correct. Yes, that's true. All right. We're going to get out of here, Tracy. Thank you so much for hopping on, um, being a super sub. And we will talk to you again very, very soon. I'm sure. Um, Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah, of course. And enjoy the rest of this free agency NFL league year shenanigans. And hopefully I'll see you in Northern California very soon. Can't wait. Bye, Beats. Uh, wait, plug all your stuff real quick before you oh, go. Yeah, you guys, you can find me. Well, I have my own podcast called The Tracy Sandler Show uh, on the Believe Podcast Network. So you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tracy Sandler, on Twitter at 49ers Fangirl. And I think that's a lot of things to plug. So we'll go with those three. Sounds like Sadie wanted to uh, get a shout out. It was Cappy. It was oh, that was Cappy. Cappy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. One of the dogs. All right. Thanks, Tracy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.